Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. You've heard of lipstick on a pig? Well, I'm wearing lipstick on a podcast and I feel pretty. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine, coming to you from the recording studio built here at my home office just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. And in this week's show, in Pipe Parts, I've got a, um, I've got an unfair tobacco review for you. Unfair, and I'll, I'll tell you why when I do the review. Uh, and then my guest is uh, Fred Hanna. Two more discussions with uh, Dr. Fred Hanna. So inside the head of Fred are two doctors dissing on pipes. We've got two more for you. Uh, music by request of one Kevin Godby. So you can't blame me. Mailbag and rant. All that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And, uh, hey, I hope to see a lot of you this weekend at the NASPC Pipe Show in Columbus, Ohio. I will be arriving uh, Thursday evening and be there all day Friday and Saturday. And remember, that show opens Friday at, like, 5 o'clock. And uh, last year I got a killing in tobacco you know, on Thursday night, so I'm excited. Always look forward to going to Columbus. It's a uh, pretty seven eight hour drive for us as long as the as long as the weather's nice but it's a pretty drive through the mountains of virginia and west virginia and then on to the john cougar melon camp video which is uh, southern ohio so hope to see a lot of you there do reach out say hello to me uh please make sure you are sharing the pipes magazine radio show wherever you are on uh, facebook instagram twitter tiktok i don't know wherever else you might be Keep sharing the show out there. Greatly appreciate those of you that do that and uh, does help spread the word of the show. So, all right, let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents, and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mielefolge, 100,000 welcomes. Wherever you come from, whosoever you be. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. All right, for Pipe Parts, a tobacco review. And let me tell you why it's unfair. It's unfair. Well, I bought this two-ounce pouch of tobacco at last year's NASPC. So I've had this tobacco now for a year. So that's unfair because it's not a fresh blend. But it didn't get much benefit from aging because it was in a vacuum-sealed Mylar bag. So not a lot of air in there for it really to age with. Um, you know, not a lot of... It would have been would have been smarter for me to, first of all, not have forgotten about it. And second of all, not have, to have opened it up and put it in a jar and let it breathe a little bit. Uh, and then the other part is, well, it's a limited edition blend. And the blend is called Keep Calm, and it's from Merchant Service Pipes, uh, the makers of the, uh, of the, the Bings and a couple other pipes. And they did a line of tobacco 
where they did a hundred of these bags and they did it. They did an assortment of blends. This happens to be a Virginia Perique based. Uh, they did it with uh, Ken Byron Ventures. And I actually got to speak to Jeremy there and he has an open invitation to come on the show and be my guest anytime. Um, but this is my first real experience with one of his blends. So kind of unfair that one, it's a limited edition and you can't get it. Uh, two, it's been sitting and aging, you know, a little bit for a year now. And, um, three, this is my first, uh, this is my first real time spending any amount of, uh, any amount of smoking with one of the Ken Byron ventures blends. So with that being said, uh, I opened up the pouch and I got immediately a sniff of either Grand Marnier or something on the orangish side. And I believe, if I'm correct, that uh, what Ken Byron, what the KB, Ven the Ken Byron Ventures tobaccos are, is uh, he buys leaf or buys finished parts from tobacco suppliers, tobacco companies, and further mixes and does some modifications to them. Uh, so I got a, I got a big burst of that orangish liqueurish piquant, whatever you want to call it. So that automatically started me on the process of trying to figure out, all right, what pipes do I want to put it in? Because it does have some sort of topping to it. And, uh, once I narrowed down the pipes that I wanted to try it in, I tried it in a couple different sizes. Uh, this is a it's it was described to me as a Virginia Perique. It's not very heavy on the Perique side to me. Uh, the topping did not burn hot at all, which was very nice. Uh, the blend is fairly complex as I looked at pieces of it. There's some bigger leaf and some smaller leaf and uh, some long leaf in there. It's a Obviously, some care and concern was put into this, and the and the leaf quality, you know, as I've discussed in the past, was, uh, you know, it's there, it, it's good stuff. Not you know, not a lot of small stuff in there. Uh, smoke wise, yeah, I had to let it dry down a little bit to get it to my comfort level. And once I got it dried down and tried it in a smaller size pipe, it seemed to work even better for me, which was odd considering it was, it's looks to be a complex blend of different, you know, different styles of tobaccos. I would have expected that it would have worked better in a bigger bowl, but it didn't. And you're going to hear some of that coming up with me and Fred. Um, but all right. So on my, on my smaller size pipes, it seemed to work better, uh, enjoyable all the way down to the bottom every time and again it was a little bit wet out of the bag but once i got it dried down a little bit you know let it air out for an hour or two and then packed another bowl worked really well uh, i'm wondering what else uh what else in the ken byron ventures line might be out there that i might be interested in trying so if you have any suggestions for me uh yeah send them in to me i'm happy to happy to poke around on them uh, but again, uh, yeah, for me, if it was, this is a mild Perique blend, uh, bordering on an aromatic because of the topping, but the topping left an interesting flavor and the room note was, you know, really quite pleasant because of that topping on there. Uh, and, and I was surprised again that, yeah, I didn't get that topping uh, that topping didn't get hot and didn't get overly bitey uh, picture if you will uh, kind of the a bit stronger on the orange flavoring than orlet golden slice a little more kick to it than orlet golden slice but it's missing that hay grassy uh, that hay or grassy flavor that you might get out of orlet because it's been cooled down with some perique in there uh, so again, an interesting blend, one that I, uh, I smoked, uh, I smoked four bowls of it. So I'm going to take the other, the remaining ounce and three quarters or whatever is left, put it in a jar and break it up a little bit and let it air and let it age a little bit and see how it does then. So uh, I'm suspecting that, you know, by opening it up, airing it out a little bit and then jarring it up, I'll get a little bit more tobacco flavor and a little less of the 
topping flavor, which would, you know, be to my preference, may not be to everyone's preference. All right, there you go. An unfair, ta- an unfair tobacco review. And in just a moment, uh, myself and uh, Dr. Fred Hanna to doctors dissing on pipes. This is Internet Radio. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through SmokingPipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888-366-0345. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And remember, these are uh, questions that Fred submitted to me or topics and we recorded them in order that he submitted to them to me. And I'm playing them back in a mixed up order so that it fits into the time, the, the timings of the show and, you know, kind of bundling them together. So you're going to hear them. You're hearing them out of order. So if you hear references back and forth to previous things, well, you may not have heard that already. But here we go. The first question of two doctors dissing on pipes. Okay, Fred. Now we're going to now we're going to give accolades where the accolades are not given because the question that you wrote down is name two underrated pipe brands that receive far too little recognition for their quality. What do you got? Okay. Uh, once again, there's a lot of different ways that people would answer this. This is this is based on my experience, of course. Um, I am a big fan, and I have written about the Moretti brand. Um, it's not an expensive brand at all, which probably means that, you know, it doesn't get the recognition that it deserves from people who equivocate um, price with quality. But um, I have collected Moretti pipes now since... I think 1999, maybe, um, when I got my first one. They're very relatively inexpensive. They can be incredibly well-grained because Marco Biagini, the, um, the chief pipe maker and owner, his wife, the way I understand it, comes from um, Briar uh, owners, um, you know, Briar factories in Calabria in Italy where the, the wood comes from. And it's all aged 10 years. Marco has told me this personally. Um, and it can have some unbelievable grain. And um, he doesn't charge a lot for his pipes. Um, you can find him uh, on eBay at uh, Bima, B-I-M-A, 1960. Um, I think is his eBay name. And uh, like I said, I have owned a good number of them. I just smoked one of his uh, pipes, a really gigantic, unbelievably well-grained Moretti, nearly four inches high. I smoked it at the uh, Chicago uh, club meeting on uh, Saturday, this past Saturday. And it was one of the best smokes I've had in the last couple of years. I'm not I'm not kidding when I say that. It amazed me. Of course, I had a very special blend that I put in there, but that's beside the point. Captain Black uh, very, Grape. Huh? Captain Black Grape. That's your special yeah, blend. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Captain Black Blueberry. But mm. anyway, um, the uh, and, and something else that's really interesting, uh, David Field, who some people don't recognize uh, that name, um, an expert um, that goes all the way back to the 70s, maybe earlier, 
on Dunhill Pipes and was the distributor for Aston Pipes and Radice and for a time Don Carlos and a few others. And uh, another one of my mentors, actually, um, a great guy and now lives in uh, uh, southern New Mexico. Um, he um, actually, one day I was at his house in Philadelphia my fr- with my friend Jeff Goldman, and he um, had a Moretti, or sorry, a, uh, not a Moretti, it was a Morta pipe. I don't know who made it, but he had a Morta pipe on his rack. And um, we saw it, and we said, what's this? And he said, oh, that's Morta. That's a new um, kind of material that people are using in, in pipes. And, you know, being of the Briar persuasion, we asked him, well, what do you think of it? And he said, honestly, and he was a Virginia guy, by the way. He smoked um, nothing but uh, McCraney's Red Ribbon, which you had just mentioned. Um, he said... This Morta smokes my Virginias as good as any pipe I've got. <laughs> and that just blew us away because he's a Virginia guy. And so the reason I bring that up is that Moretti makes Morta pipes that sell on eBay at incredibly reasonable prices. And um, I own four of them now. They all, of course, have straight ring. But, <laughs> of course. Um, but I, I have four of them now, and they really are good smokes. I never dreamed I would ever say that. But, you know, in the last couple of years, I've gotten these um, um, mortars, and, um, you know, he makes them well. You know, all the Moretti pipe cleaners, they all take pipe cleaners perfectly, for example. And so I'm a big fan of the Moretti brand, and... Uh, for those reasons. And the, another brand that I would mention is Lenatra, which is not well known either, I don't think. It's uh, spelled L apostrophe A-N-A-T-R-A. It means the goose yep. or the duck. I'm not sure which. But anyway, um, I have had a good number of Lenatra pipes, and they really taste nice they really do now remember there's always exceptions and you can't make general rules because you know as we said in another episode um even uh you know the the briar cutters um even they say that they can't tell by looking at a ple- at a black of briar where it came from um uh you know uh, as far as that goes, but I have some Lenatras that are very inexpensive, and um, I think they're really worth giving a shot because they have very high quality briar, um, and they're not expensive. And you know, let's face it: um, when you're looking for a good piece of wood, you want something that is high quality briar not something that um, is, you know, been barely cured and just this side of cardboard. <laughs> so those, those are the two that I would be, um, that immediately come to mind in terms of recommending to people who are looking for a good smoke but don't want to spend a whole lot of money. By the way, those Morelli Mortis usually go on eBay for 120 bucks, oh. um, and, and they're, what can I say? They're nice pipes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think my answer to this, I'll start off with, uh, with the stuff that Briarworks is doing. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think they're high. I think they are for the touches of artisan handmade that they're working into machine made pipes. Uh, I think they are underrated and underpriced, uh, because they, you know, they do, they do some things that a lot of other factories are catching up on or maybe trying to do, but there's little touches to the hand finishing that you don't see at that price range. And you can, yeah, you can get into a Briarworks pipe for 
brand new for a little bit over a hundred, hundred and twenty dollars. Uh, and they've got a bunch of shapes and, and some of their shapings, you know, some of their shaping is unique too. Uh, you know, they've, they've I got, agree with you that those, those are great buys, no doubt. Yeah. And, and then even on, and then we'll go up one on the higher end because I was reminded of this a couple of weeks back, um, in the, uh, on our zoom chat and I need to take another look at his stuff, but I think Peter Matzhold for a handmade artisan on the, uh, you know, his pipes, I think for the amount of, you know, for the, for the styling and the design and then the work that, you know, the work that goes into them, I think price wise, uh, probably under what a lot of other pipe makers are charging at that, at that area or at that price range. Um, and then if you find them on the estate market, boy, you can even get some better, you can, you can get some really good deals. It's, uh, uh, true. Uh, absolutely true. I agree with that. And I have experience uh, with both of these brands that I can stand behind and say, you know, yeah, this, you know, these are, these are guys, uh, these are brands, you know, Peter Matz holds a one horse, you know, he's a one guy brand, but you know, these are pipes that are, you can get them for a price where they are underrated and underpriced compared to what else is on the market. In my opinion. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, I'll tell you another brand that I think, uh, I, I don't have a lot of experience with, but, um, I've had some Randy Wiley's over mm -hmm. the years that, um, are, are nice, done, nice, nicely done. I uh, hear that he oil cures some of them, which could be good, which could be bad. It's just a piece of information. Um, but some of those I think are, uh, um, I have one in particular, which is a, a wonderful smoke. Um, and, um, I've also had an Ardor here and there, um, and Kaviki, I think, um, are not particularly expensive, um, especially in the lower range, you know, the rusticateds and, and all that. Um, and so, you know, these are, uh, you know, another brand that's fallen out of favor that I think you can get good buys on is Sir Jacopo. Um, I'm not talking about the gem lines or any of that kind of stuff. I'm talking about the... Um, you know, the more inexpensive sandblast and rusticated. Um, I, I happen to like a lot of the Sir Jacopo shaping. And um, so, you know, if I, if I was getting somebody into, um, you know, pipes these days, I, those, and they don't have a, a bunch of money to spend, those are the, uh, the pipes that I would recommend. And as far as, you know, some people are going to say, and this was a criticism of my book, by the way. A lot of people said, well, you know, it was interesting, but he didn't say nothing about corn cobs. Well, I'm going <laughs> to say something about corn cobs. Well, wait, wait, I wait. We'll save that for the next, for the other question that we've got coming up. Okay. No worries. Yeah. And I do like how you wrote down name two underrated pipe brands and you ended up at the end of this naming 10, but. <laughs> but the two that I. But it's true. The the two that I mentioned, Lenatra and Moretti, um, those would be still the, <laughs> the the chief answer to those questions. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. All right, and we'll save the corn cob for the next question. So uh, thank you, Fred. Okay. Thank you, my friend. And we'll take a break right here and come back with uh, another question with Fred Hanna. Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle. From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new innovative series, Savinelli produces high quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark.
And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and here comes the second and uh, final question of today with uh, myself and uh, Doctor of Pipes and Doctor Fred Hanna. All right, from the head of Fred Hanna, uh, here is uh, our next question for uh, two uh, two doctors dissing on pipes. Are you ready, Freddie? Yes, sir. What is your preferred length, height, and shape of a pipe? You want to go first? Because everybody knows mine. Um, I'll sure I'll go first. Um, I'm pretty, uh, I like bent pipes. I only own one straight pipe in all of my collection, which is about, by the way, 75 pipes or so. I only own one straight pipe. Um, and... So I clearly prefer bents. I like a bowl of about two inches or higher. If it's a, you know, just a little smaller, that's that's okay, depending on the pipe. Um, and I like the length to be somewhere between five and a half to six and a half inches. Although I have some longer than that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it has to do with the symmetry uh, and how the pipe looks. I like for the pipe to have symmetry. Obviously, beauty. And I, I'm real big on shapes. Um, and so I like, um, you know, bents in a variety of different, uh, um, you know, configurations from volcanoes to uh, bent apples and squash tomato bents and <clears throat> bent billiards. Um, you know, I just, as long as they're symmetrical, I have some pipes that are very large, not rich, you know, I mean, I'm not a collector like Rich Esserman, but I have some pipes that are big enough for his collection. I don't know if he'd want the pipes or not, but, <laughs> uh, but the, the idea here is that um, there are certain shapes that I don't like, and I won't smoke them. I don't know why. I just don't reach for them. I used to buy a lot of pokers, for example, and there are some pokers with tremendous straight grain. But I would never reach for them, Brian. Yeah. Uh, they would sit on my shelf, and I'd say, yeah, that's a pretty pipe. I'd never smoke it, so i just let them go. I don't buy pokers anymore. Um, so, for example, there are certain shapes like that just that don't appeal to me. And if I don't smoke a pipe, I don't want it in my collection. Every pipe I look at, when I look at it, I want to th- think, whoa, I'd like to smoke that pipe. And uh, the pokers I would rather have looked at than smoked and so um there are you know the other thing here is you know which size of a bowl chamber etc which ones of these would be best suited to smoke virginias now i've heard for years and years and years and i'm calling on your expertise here is a smaller bowl better than for virginia and as opposed to a bigger bowl, better for Latakia blends. Well, I think What's the only bowl, best? I think the only bowl good for Latakia blends is the toilet bowl. But that's just <laughs> that's just me. Uh, yeah. Well, so um, here's my answer. Here's my answer to your question. A huh? what we're talking about is the diameter of the bowl because the height of the bowl doesn't play in much and play as much in the effect to me. Um, we're talking about the diameter of the bowl and the narrower. You, when you say diameter of the bowl, do you mean bowl thick or wall thickness? No, the opening. The the the. Can you get your finger in it? Part. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the size of the chamber, in other words. Yeah. How wide is yeah, it? Okay. If it's three, you know, three quarters of an inch is my standard number for the uh, for the tobacco chamber. Three quarters by one and a half. That's the tobacco chamber that I love. If all my pipes were that size, I'd be okay for the rest of my life. So one and a half, in other words, the height of the bowl. One and a half deep, three quarters of an inch wide, tobacco chamber, not the outside, the inside. Oh, okay. That's a big difference. Go ahead. The open spot where you put your finger in. Uh, Yeah, yeah. If it's a, a narrower bowl than three quarters of an inch, to me, that lends it more towards one to more towards a less um a a more simple blend so 
one, you know, one type of tobacco, Virginia, one type of tobacco, Burley, one type, you know, a less complex blend. That lends more towards that because it amplifies those singular flavors that may be in there. Uh, the wider you get, the more complex of a bowl of a tobacco you need to get, you can get into because then you got on that burning surface area, you mm -hmm. got, you got a better chance of getting all the different components burning all at the same time. Cause like in your, yeah, in, in your, thing. your cockamamie discontinued tobacco called what wilderness and legends. Cause somebody's got an ego. Um, <laughs> Uh, what, there's 10, 12 different components or 10 or 12 different types of tobaccos in those blends? Yeah. So I would say you want to be in the three quarters or bigger because then you got a better chance of all those different components burning at the same time. I agree. So yeah. with that being said, you know, I don't care what the components are that you're smoking. If it's a heavy Latakia blend, you know... If the blend is too if the blend is too bold for you, and I and I don't want to use the word strong, I want to use the word bold. If the yeah, flavors if the flavors are too intense for you, try it in a slightly wider tobacco chamber because that's a less concentrated area and it's got more surface area, so you get a chance to get a cooler, a less a less concentrated smoke. If the blend is yeah. too is if the blend is too mild in flavor for you, put it into a narrower bowl. Wow, that's great, Brian. That's very cool. Good points. All that for free right here on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Wow. Well, you know, you're you're in order to for me to do this interview with you, you're you're making me PayPal you money for every session. No, it's so, just it's just uh, one perfect straight grain pipe per session. Remember, <laughs> yeah, like I can afford that. And then um, I'm gonna send them off to somebody and sandblast the hell out of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now okay, Brian, that hurt. Okay, okay, okay. sorry. I'm gonna be straight with you. That cut me deep. Mm. Okay, so please, please, I don't care who else you say it to. Don't say this shit to me. Okay, okay. please. I'll edit that part out for real, possibly. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so in in my uh, so my question to you, Fred, as somebody who's been to numerous pipe shows, um, is there a pipe shape or size or style of pipe that you, when you're looking at a brand new pipe maker, somebody that you've never seen their work before? Uh, you know, maybe you've seen pictures of it, but you've never seen it in person or a brand new brand from a new factory. Is there a shape or a style or a size that you want to look for first so that you can make a judgment over whether or not you're, this is a possible potential, uh, pipe maker for you or pipe brand that you'd be interested in? See, that's interesting. You should say that when, um, I'm known for my ability to go through a show quickly Mm -hmm. and be able to assess um, everything that's there. And this is how I do it. Um, I, I look for straight grain. I look at every pipe on a table, and now I've got a, my scanning ability so well honed that I can look and just see straight grain. Okay, so as soon as I see the straight grain, then I, I look at the pipe to see what shape it is. And... Um, in answer to your question, is there a particular shape I look for? No. I just want it to be appealing to me aesthetically um, so that it's obviously well-balanced um, and, you know, um, harmonious and, how the, and symmetrical or deliberately asymmetrical is okay, too, um, as long as there's a harmony in the asymmetry, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so I will look for the grain and then I'll look for the shape and then I look for the um, characteristics of the drilling and uh, if it's uh, a maker I don't know I, I'll put a pipe cleaner through it um, and um, and all of that I look for the thickness of the walls too that's huge to me yeah because I think as I've said before um, the walls 
uh, are a, a key to having a cool smoke. And we've already been down that road. And I don't want to go there again. Yeah. But I look at all I look at all those factors. So um, it's interesting because uh, I believe that my love of straight grains actually makes it easier for me to enjoy a show. Yeah, because there's only 12 in the room and uh, 10 of them have already, you've already got 10 people coming up to you going, Fred, you got to see that perfect strike rain. Yeah, and you know, people do that. But every now and then somebody comes up to me and says, hey, Fred, look at this pipe I got. And it is a fantastic strike rain. And I say, you want to sell it? They say no. So then I think to myself, <laughs> oh, shit, now I'm on a two-year quest to get this guy's pipe, you know? <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple people that I know out there that have pipes of that that currently own pipes of mine. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I'm looking at my collection right now, and I'm thinking about. Oh yeah, it took me three years to get that one. Oh yeah, I'm looking at Don Carlos right now. It took me three years to get that from David Field, until the in the generosity of his heart. God bless him. He said, "Okay, Fred, you know this belongs in your collection." I'm looking at a Kent Rasmussen I got from Fred Janusik spectacular pipe um some of the tightest birds i've ever seen in my life and i it took me two or three years to get that from fred until one day he just sort of broke down and said usually people will say something on the order of okay i have a choice i can either sell you this pipe or i murder you and i'm still <laughs> thinking about it yeah now i have a couple people that there's a couple people out there that have my, you know, have my cell phone number and I've instructed them that, you know, to give it to their spouse if they have one cuz if they drop dead, <laughs> you know, on the back right. of it is a note that says sell Brian this pipe and I, you know, I'll draw a little picture of it. Right. Yeah. You know. That's great. And now that I'm a minister, I can tell them, you know, you either do that or you're not going to heaven. So there you wow. go. Jesus, I'm so happy you're my friend. Well, yeah. <laughs> Has that been determined yet? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Presumptuous again. Ah, yes. Well, and then, and everybody knows my sizes of pipes. You know, I, I the first thing I look at, going back to that question, because I, I think the question that I ask you of what is the first thing you look for at a, of a new pipe maker, that's kind of my quintessential shape. I look for that. Five five mm. and a half inch Levat. First thing I do is identify does it does it look balanced? You know, does it have mm. the right shank to stem proportions for my eye? Not that I, you know, not that I've written a, you know, written the a biblical guide to this is what a Levat looks like. Um, staying with the minister reference there, um, but I you know I know what I like and and I know when I see it. And then the next thing I do is stick my finger in the bowl. I ask first, but, you know, I stick my finger in the bowl to see if it's the right bowl dimensions because I know exactly which finger needs to fit. Huh. Um, and then I look at the stem, and I pick up the stem using, you know, using two, two fingers and a thumb, and I can just feel the balance of the stem. And from that, I know whether or not the stem will work for me. Uh, yeah, wow. And that's, that sounds great. Yeah, so that that kind of tells me, you know, that that's my quintessential shape is, you know, uh, you know, one and yeah, that one and a half one and a half inch deep tobacco chamber by three quarters wide. I need a quarter of an inch of wood on the bowl all the way around in order for it to work. So then you do the math. The bowl is, you know, one and a quarter wide and the tobacco chamber might be a, you know, the bowl size might be 1.75 tall. I can go up to 2 inches tall. If I go wider or narrower, then I got to start developing, a, you know, I got to change the way I'm going to smoke that pipe. Uh, and then I like that five, five and a half, six, six inch length. And that's perfect. Anything under five inches for me is a nose burner. Um, yeah. Notice yeah. I didn't say nose warmer. It's a nose yeah, burner. I didn't notice that. You're right on. Because uh, there are some, there is a difference between the warmer and the burner. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing that I've noticed with the shorter pipes that I have, now that I wear glasses, um, glasses, if the smoke gets between my eyes and the glasses, there's a little, you know, a little dome effect going on in there and the smoke will stay right there in my eyes longer than it used to. No uh, kidding. 
Wow. Yeah, it used to just go up and kind of visit for a little bit and then go on. Now it'll kind of get stuck in there a little bit. So. Wow. Uh, That's wild. I just realized I've never smoked a pipe wearing glasses, sunglasses or otherwise. Well, that's what you ought to do at the next pipe show. Walk around wearing sunglasses, smoking your pipe, and then no one will recognize you. You know, that would be to my great advantage. I would feel so much safer that way. (laughs) Yeah, Um, you'd actually have people (laughs) talk to you. Yeah, for real. Also, what I just thought, too, that if I wanted to have more fun at the show, I would literally paint lines on the sunglasses lenses so that it would show up in the straight grain of the pipe. <laughs> okay. All right, Fred, there's been some damage happening here somewhere. So, um, yeah, I think that about covers that. Don't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Perfect. And that will wrap up, uh, this week's edition of inside Fred's head. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute. Hi, I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell and Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening, are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell and Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And remember, if you want to... uh if you want to read Fred's writings, you can download his book, The Perfect Smoke. It's available on uh, Kindle or some of those ebook things only, not available in print. But the good news is, if you download the ebook, you get all the pictures in full color, where as opposed to the written book, just has them in black and white. So all those straight grains just look like black and white things. So. There you go. And uh, you get more of Fred's sense of humor and more stuff out of his head, which is, if you've ever seen him in person, his head is perfectly round. It's beautiful. All right, for music, uh, this week, when uh, Kevin Godby makes a music request for the show, well, guess what? We do it. Uh, And this one is Bachman Turner Overdrive. The song is You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet, and here's what Kevin wrote. Uh, Funny, I just heard the 1974 hit You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet by Bachman Turner Overdrive and realized that if they made it today, they would be criticized for being insensitive. You see, when Randy Bachman sings the chorus like this, You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet, ba-ba-ba-baby, and You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet, here's something that you're never going to forget, ba-ba-baby, You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet, He was actually making fun of his brother, who happened to have a stutter. They almost didn't put the song on the album as it was done as a joke, but then it was the biggest hit. So there you go. Uh, Yeah, I guess we, you know, sensitivity issues. Uh, The the other thing is, if you really listen to the lyrics, uh, the woman in it is about to show him that something he ain't seen yet and is going to learn him. And uh, I kind of wonder what the ain't seen nothing yet and is so there you go all right so for music bachman turner overdrive you ain't seen nothing yet
love is good loving, so I'll take what I can get. Um, and then Brown, yeah, okay. Anyway, there you go. Bachman Turner Overdrive uh, directly from the mind of Kevin Godby. Send all your emails to Kevin at pipesmagazine.com. Just kidding. <laughs> You've got freaking mail. In the mailbag, if you have a comment or question, email me directly, Brian, B R I A N, at pipesmagazine.com. Or uh, post on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on PipesMagazine.com. Those are the best ways to get them to me. Uh, Facebook Messenger kind of sucks lately, so it's hard to get them there. So just trust me. All right. A big mailbag to get caught up on because of what I'm about to talk about in the rant coming up later. But uh, going back to episode 515, Bryant Malone writes, uh, that's with Jeremy Reeves. Uh, He says, I really enjoyed the latest episode. Far from being put off by the deep dive that you and Jeremy took into tobacco nomenclature and rating. I really enjoyed it. I guess like a lot of pipe smokers, when I get into a hobby, I jump in with both feet. Hearing the stories of tobacco men trying to bribe their way to better ratings was just icing on the cake. I really appreciate how readily Jeremy shares his time and knowledge. Uh, as far as Dan Lockler's music, he always soothes the soul with his orchestral work. His Symphony Number no. 1, Summer, was certainly no exception. The Slavic Radio Symphony Orchestra did a great job on presenting his opus. Your rant was also great. Uh, was also a great listen as usual. Choosing when and where to exert the limited amount of effort one has is very important. Our esteemed government should really worry about truly important matters. You make a great point as always. Keep up the great work. Regards, Bryant. You are welcome. I certainly will do that. And then uh, going back to uh, two weeks ago with uh, Dr. Watson, uh, Dino writes, a wonderfully wide-ranging, amazing, and sometimes creepy conversation with Dr. Watson. Loved it. As a fellow Sherlockian, I enjoyed hearing of Matt's integration of his vocation pipes, Sherlock Holmes, and the sharing of these interests with his students. While Billy Squire is not an artist on my playlist, this was a pretty good rocker. Talk about putting your tuchus... <laughs> I'm not... No. That was an excellent rant about people who want your business but don't really give a crap about properly providing for your business. Thanks for another always entertaining show, Dino. Uh, You're welcome. And then uh, Casey Ghost says, I enjoyed the show. Your advice on how to evaluate old tins of tobacco seemed to be spot on. Seen too many guys throw money at tins because they simply wanted it only to find dust in them. Tough toenails, as they say. Uh, Dr. Watson was an enjoyable guest. I enjoyed his take on uh, Sherlock Holmes. We Sherlockians are surprisingly numerous and and diverse. At least Dino and and I agree on that uh, Conan Doyle was a magnificent writer. Music was okay. I've always found that when talking to a business owner, it is best to close your eyes when he is talking. If he sounds sleazy, it's because he is. A bright smile and a good handshake doesn't mean a damn thing. Well, there you go. Direct from the mouth of Casey Ghost. Thanks, Dan. Uh, also, uh, Puffing Walrus says this was an amazing episode. Just loved how science heavy it was. I learned quite a few things about the biology and biological def- defenses of tobacco plants that I did not know. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I like it. Every, yeah. Again, you know, years in and I still, I learned something every episode, usually. Except for the ones with Fred Hanna. Anyway, uh, Honky Tonk Man says, Hey, Brian, another good show. Nice interview with Dr. Watson. Although achieving a PhD is certainly not elementary. Interesting to learn how the tobacco plant reacts to different things affecting it. Caterpillars eating the leaf versus punching a hole in the leaf. Very interesting. Uh, never heard of the artist in the music slot, but quite enjoyed it. Kind of had an 80s vibe to it. In reply to your request for guests, how about having Mike McNeil back on? Oh, no, I don't know if I could handle that. But uh, I know he's been interviewed many times before, but perhaps he could talk more about the tobacco industry as a whole, not necessarily McClellan's. Thanks for the show, Cliff. You're welcome. Uh, and again, with the Billy Squire choice, uh, you know, Billy Squire was in the early 80s, 81, 82, 84. I was uh, 14, 15, up to 18 years old, so... I mean, that was formative times for me. 
And then Renfield said, Brian, thanks for another informative and enjoyable show. The diversity of people who enjoy our hobby never fails to impress me. Great music choice. I saw Billy way back when he was touring in support of that album. A great show from a mostly underrated band. I was happy that you noted the subtle complexity of the music. The days when a tune you might hear on the radio would modulate keys, change dynamics, feature an actual melody, and have harmonic interplay seemed to be mostly gone. Rock on, Renfield. Yeah. And then there's also the dreaded auto-tune. And then going to last week's show with uh, the much-delayed show with Robert Amundsen. Uh, Dino says... A uh, great question, Dan, and a terrific explanation by Jeremy of the different presentations of the same tobacco formula and how it might affect the taste. The conversation was, with Robert was so insightful in terms of how a pipe maker learns and grows in the craft. He seems so personal, thoughtful, and genuine. Amazing music choice. This is uh, from one of my Desert Island discs, Ella and Louie, an absolute masterpiece. Yeah. And then uh, Casey Ghost says, thanks for answering our question on whether Bayou Morning is the same blend as Bayou Morning Flake. The answer explained why people are so split over the issue. Yes, it is the same, but they are prepared differently is a very cogent answer. So in a sense, both groups of people are right. Yeah. Nice interview with Robert. I guess I need to get out of the house more because I have never heard of them. Only in Alaska would they say that the North Pole is south of them. Very nice of Joe Lankford to invite him to his house to see his collection of Danish pipes. I'd give my firstborn to get such an invitation. Uh, the KC Pipe Show was mentioned in the interview was the one where carvers were asked to submit their best pipe for the carving contest. We were expecting some very creative and unusual pipes, but the carvers crossed us up and simply sent what they had on hand. Very disappointing. <laughs> yeah. uh, I tried explaining to John David why the McClellan's closed shop, but he had his mind made up, so there was no use talking to him. As the old saying goes, you can lead a pig to the trough, but you can't make him eat. The guy was has a stubborn streak. Ella and Satchmo were, as expected, simply terrific. Yeah. All right, uh, again, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, Vegas Pipe Show update, go to vegaspipeshow.com. We have sold out the Palace Station. Uh, in fact, the hotel is showing sold out completely on Saturday night. There are no more rooms available in the discounted block. If stuff does show up, I will announce it here. Uh, I can suggest if you want to come to Vegas, check out the Rio uh, the rates seem to be comparable to, well, a little bit better. They're better than the, uh, they're, they're the best rates available right now for a hotel that is reasonably located next to or near the palace station. So there you go. Uh, again, vegaspipeshow.com. Comments and questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. And uh, rant time is coming up next. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. about the sad state of affairs of humanity at the moment. Are you ready? Here it comes. Uh, many of you might remember a while back my wife's wallet was stolen. Well, here's what happened. Uh, we were advised, yeah, we were advised that on uh, social media we should be careful 
about letting people know if we were going to be gone from the house because now those people had her had our address and uh, the we we were traveling and you may have noticed that I didn't mention that the last two shows were somewhat pre-recorded because we were gone we were away we were both going to be away i didn't post anything on social media my wife did but she didn't tag me and therefore it looked like one of us might have been home the whole time we left a car in the driveway left a bunch of lights on and timers and stuff like that normal stuff but the difference was this time we didn't have the normal neighbor who watches our house they were going to be gone too so because of the sad state of affairs I did a kind of social media blackout and then looked like I was at home the whole time because you just never know. And it's a sad state of affairs when you get to the point where, you know, you just can't tell your friends and, you know, on Facebook and stuff. Well, you know, anyway, my Facebook and Instagram is pretty wide open. My wife's is very tied down and locked down. And in fact, if you've ever tried to friend request her and didn't, well, and didn't get through, that's why, because she keeps it fairly locked down. So the, so the family could see what we were doing. Her friends could see what we were doing, but open to the public. Nobody could see what we were doing because of the sad state of affairs of the current world. And, you know, you wouldn't see a pipe smoker stealing somebody's wallet and doing all that. So there you go. All right. Uh, once again, check out VegasPipeShow.com. iTunes ratings and reviews. Apple Podcasts. We much, much, much appreciate those. It's been a while since we've had one, I think. And uh, keep sharing out the Pipes Magazine radio show wherever you are. Hope to see many, many, many of you this weekend in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Thanks always to... Uh, Fred Hanna for spending time with me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny weather happy Big smooch.